Welcome to Garden Church Podcast. We are in a series called Courageous Orthodoxy, Convictions for Resilient Faith. And for us at this time, we are looking at the foundations of Christian belief. We are trying to encourage you as followers of Jesus to live out of a robust theology. We're hoping that you would be encouraged by this and that you will ground your faith in the Word of God and you will live a vibrant life in the way of Jesus. Hope this empowers you and encourages you in your faith. morning, church. It's so good to be with you this morning. Um, let me turn this and sit. If you ever get, like, if you're new to church, welcome. We're so glad you're here. This is a family talk today. We're doing vision builders. We're giving an update on finances, but there's a lot that's going to happen today. I'm going to share a little bit about finances in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to cast vision. I'm going to call you to give money. So some of you are, like, already checked out. That's cool. Um, <laughs> But I, I have like these moments where like God just uniquely shows up, you know, like my wife, I was sitting after the first service, which I thought first service was like a C minus in my talk. So let's see how we do here. Um, <clears throat> I'm just sitting, I'm like reworking it. And my wife, you know, gives me a hug. She's like, hey, I think you should just go worship again. And I feel like the Lord's going to meet with you. And I'm like, oh, okay, I will. And then I... Uh, <laughs> Normally I do, and I did, and, and Brett's are, are, you know, here from Jesus Culture San Diego, and that song, Draw Me Close to You, and I don't, did anyone feel, like, I know it's not about feeling like, but I really was met by God, and it was like, I was getting up right then to go to the restroom, um, and then I, uh, <laughs> I, I just felt his presence come upon me, and I, I felt, I literally got on my knees, and I in my head saw a movie of all the times God drew near to me in crises. And it was just like, oh, gross crying. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, where are the tissues? This is nasty. And I'm like, I hate being in that space. And I just wonder before I jump in, and I'm just going to say, stop the clock. Um, Can we just, just for a moment, just recognize that this is not like a, it's not a social club. This is not some, you know, thing that you get to consume and get your spiritual goods for the week and check it off the box so you feel good. I, I believe the presence of God. He wants to minister to each of you uniquely. He wants to remind you of the times you needed him and he was there. He wants to comfort you in your grief if you're carrying a lot of grief. He wants to let you know that you're not alone if you're carrying things alone and think there's no one here. He wants to give you courage for the future that you face. He wants to strengthen your frame so that you can withstand the attacks that are coming at some of you. He wants to just be um, manna for you today. When we come to God, we only have the present. You don't have yesterday and you don't have tomorrow. You have right now. And you don't have a false self to, to bring to him. Meaning you can't bring your conditions of performance. You can't like try to conjure up like wield a force or power as much as I would like to say this is the way, you know, force and stuff like that. May the for fourth be with you. Obviously it was last week. Um, <laughs> that's not how God works. He's, he is a living being consuming fire 
So can you just open your hands and close your eyes where you're at? Father, would you just, ah. Dang it. He is a loving father. Like, I want you to hear this first. I'm just going to prophesy, and you can test this. I just think some of you need to be comforted by the father in heaven right now. You need to know that the father's good. And he loves you. He is not disappointed with you. There's nothing you can do to earn favor or love. You can't perform for him. He's just going to lavish you with a ridiculous amount of love and affirmation, saying, my boy, my girl, you're home. So would you just release the need to create conditions to perform and just allow him to love you right now and be released into the Father's embrace? He's with you. He's for you. He's pleased with you. You are his Abba. His, sorry, he is your Abba. You're his little boy, your little girl. You can call him Abba. And Jesus, we know that you call us friends. And so those of us that experience loneliness this week that are carrying these heavy things where we feel like, where are you? Would you just come now as our companion, our rabbi, our friend, our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord, but our Lord who wants to be with us Hang with us, journey with us, teach us, walk with us. Would you just come now? And and where we have tried to find community, God, would you just be first our community now? Heal those wounds of loneliness that create a whole mess of pain. And Holy Spirit, would you come now as comforter, as our advocate, and would you fill us with fresh encounter, a power from on high to give us what we need for the moment. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, back to business. You guys all right? Like, yeah, it, it, there's a tenderness in the room today. I felt it in the first and I didn't know what to do. I'm just going to let let it be. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to talk and I'm going to try to just let the, the, the service go however it needs to go today. I do have some things I need to share. Um, but let's start with a couple of things. Um, so I want to talk about vision builders. For those of you that are new to our church, we launched this um, building fund called Vision Builders last fall because we are making the move from Franklin Middle School where we've been for, four, uh, for nine years into our own space, this place. And we needed funds for that, which I'll talk about in a second. But before I talk about that, I just want to give you a perspective of wh- who we are as a community. We've spent the last 12 weeks talking through what we've called courageous orthodoxy, naming the things that are important to us as a community. Like, because what's hard about living in the Western church context right now is you could say discipleship, but it really just means come to my church, right? Like you can say mission and it means give money to missionaries, not I'm, I'm a missionary wherever I've called into my vocation as missionary. My home life is a mission, mission field. My neighborhood is a mission field. My neighbors are mission uh, part of my missionary sphere. Um, so we've been trying to identify, you could say gospel and mean not what Jesus meant. We talked about this. You can say cross and not get the whole picture of the cross. So we've been just identifying these kind of 11 subjects that you would hear 
in, in church context and just let you know, this is what we, what we think it means to our best reading of scripture and here's what we're gonna do. So it's been a visionary series. And, and then in mapping out what we were gonna do, I knew that we would need to give an update on the building. Cause, um, I, so I just put May 7th vision builders, which I wanna put that in your head that in November, I chose this Sunday to be that, okay? Not knowing where things were at. So just, just know that because I feel like God is intricately involved, intimately involved in guiding our church, even when we don't realize it's just an Excel spreadsheet. Some of you are like, don't insult Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> Hold on. Have you read the Old Testament? There's a lot of numbers. There's a book called Numbers. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about past, present, and future briefly. Um, but there's a story that really captured my heart years ago, and I've shared this a bunch, so forgive me, but I just want you to hear the intensity at which we, taught, we approach leading the church, okay? Um, in 2004, Matt Emmons, who represented the United States in the Olympics, was guaranteed gold, first place, going into his third and final shot in the three-position air rifle competition, meaning his last shot, all he had to do was hit anywhere on the target, and he would get gold. Now, in a, in a sport where people are trained to take shots in between their heartbeats, w- you win or lose based off of millimeters. So to be that far advanced and that far ahead it was so significant. Going into his last shot, he shot bullseye, right dead center. And he went from first to eighth place. He looked back at the scoreboard and realized he hit the bullseye on the wrong target. This has been perhaps a parable for our church because I think in the Western church, we celebrate hitting the bullseye on the wrong target. What is our aim? What is our target as a community? And how do we realign ourselves often, as often as possible to remember why we exist? And let's stop celebrating bullseyes that are the wrong targets. For example, we exist for the world, yet in Western church culture, at a moment in time where the church has never had more technology to spread the gospel, we have Bible translations, we have access to information of Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, with a touch of your finger, worship albums drop, it seems like every single week. We have the best preachers and communicators at our fingertips through YouTube, through live stream. We can literally be a part of another church, a live stream across the states that uh, we have podcasts and and books, and we have all these platforms and conferences to give you what you need to be a, a follower of Jesus. Yet with all of our technology, with all of our access to the gospel information and scripture, the Western church is watching Christians leave the faith like never before in human history. Each generation leaves the faith like never before from previous generations. Loneliness is an epidemic to the point where the Surgeon General of the United States is saying one in two American adults face loneliness, and loneliness has massive health effects on on society. So we're seeing loneliness increases our stress, which increases cancer. It increases depression and other mental illness, anxiety. It's increasing in suicide. So as the nation's top health official is making a campaign to combat loneliness, the church is growing and celebrating success on the wrong things, let alone depression, suicide, mental illness, and anxiety is an all-time high. All to say, we can't be celebrating hitting bullseyes on the wrong target. Our target has always been For 14 years as a church, we have had a very clear and decisive vision guiding us as a community. I want want you to hear this. 
that for 14 years, we have stewarded God's resource at Garden Church. God's resource first being the people that come. You are the highest, the most valuable resource that we as leadership steward. What we do with you, what God calls us to teach, how we teach, how we organize, how we do small groups, how we do kids ministry, how we do youth ministry, how we do missions outposts and mission trips, how we do prayer training life stage uh, uh, groups and all the various forms of ministry that make Garden Garden as on top of money, how we steward the money you give is, is what we're called to steward first. All of these things have come under a clear and decisive vision that we've had from the beginning. Now, our strategy and our mission has changed along the way, but we've had the same vision from day one in Long Beach as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter six, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. He says, um, when you pray, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He teaches his followers to pray in partnership with God to see God's desire and dream, his way of life for creation here and now. That is our vision. That is our focus, heaven on earth. So when the world is getting darker, we're not doing our job. We need to shine brighter. We don't need to hide and pull away from culture. Yes, we need to, we need to protect our kids. We need to shelter certain things. We need to be good stewards of our minds and bodies, of course, and our children and youth and the narratives we believe. But we believe we're called into this world. We are sent into this world. We're not called to hide away from this world. We're called to transform this world. We're salt and light, light shining on darkness. We are to be on a hill shining so all the world can see what God is like. And we are salt meaning we are to preserve the goodness of heaven so that people can see the preservation, the fermentation of the kingdom of God here and now so that they could point to the future saying, this is what it's going to look like. And so we have had this vision on earth as it is in heaven, in Long Beach as it is in heaven. And for 14 years, we've watched a vision that started in a neighborhood grow beyond a neighborhood. And it was hard at first to wrestle with, should we accept people from Orange County? Of course not. (laughs) And now, foot in the mouth. Here we are. But the point is, we became a regional community where people were coming from Redondo Beach, from from downtown LA, from Santa Monica, um, from Orange County, from Riverside County, from all over. I know there's a family that comes from San Clemente. We have, uh, we have Riverside. So we, we know that it's in Riverside as it is in heaven, in San Clemente as it is in heaven, in Sunset Beach, in Seal Beach, wherever you are as it is in heaven. That is our vision. And this comes from this understanding of God's movement. Acts 1, verse 8, you hear here all the time. Jesus commissions the church. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says that um, our task is to be a witness. Witness is where we get the Greek word for martyr, martyria. So we are called to be people who lay down our lives for our faith. But it's more than that. It's also that we live our lives for the faith, that we can't die for the faith unless we live for the faith first, but that our lives bear witness, meaning that our lives, just the way we live, will reflect and point and be an uh, evidence for the resurrection reality. Wherever we go, to the ends of the earth, our lives are bearing witness to the resurrected Christ. They bear testimony. They are facts. They bring case and point to the fact that Jesus lived, died, and raised from the dead. Now we can do this. How? Through programs and podcasts and practices? No. 
We do this through the presence of God in our lives. It's not a power, a force to be wielded. It is God's presence first that gives us, enables us, empowers us to be what we cannot be on our own, witness. So we, as our mission, then our vision is this, our mission is to simply do the Jesus stuff. Just to continue his ministry. That's it. It's that simple. Continue the ministry of Jesus through, it should say, the power of the Holy Spirit. We do the ministry of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're all called into. So this is why we say in Long Beach as it is in heaven, in Chihuahua, Mexico as it is in heaven, we have a church plant in Chihuahua that they're going to be here in a couple of weeks. They're going to share. We've been ministering and leading in Chihuahua, Mexico since Carlos and Cynthia Sanchez left. Um, back in 2015. And so they've been building a church there. We're going to hear about testimonies, but we'll say in Costa Mesa and Huntington and all the places we go, we see that Christianity is a movement that expands. And we're called into that expansive vision. And so we organize with convictions around five things. I'll just put them up. I'm not going to go through them. Those are the five things that we, we believe healthy communities will bear fruit through doing these five things well. And then practically, these are the things that we do. We, uh, we do Sunday services and house churches, discipleship uh, in youth and kids ministry, prayer rooms, courses, missional presence, and outpost missional tr- mission trips. We want to do Alpha in the future. We have uh, a desire to uh, see all the ministries that are in the hearts of our community that will express the kingdom of life to come into existence through you. We're going to touch the nations through you, not because we got really good at organizing things on planning center. We're going to transform the world, not because we got a really good Instagram account or a YouTube following. Through you and the power of the Spirit doing what Jesus called you to do. That's our vision. Now, here's some, let's break it up, okay? You guys, so far so good? You're like, yeah, I love it. I'm in. Let's pull out those spreadsheets. Here we go. Um, Why do I want to do a talk on finances right in the middle of a Sunday gathering? Lots of things. I want to bear witness. I want to bear witness. I want to show you the faithfulness of God. Okay? We started our church in 2009, and we had one year of support from Rock Harbor. That support was simply my salary and my wife's salary. Now, what you need to know is 87% of all church plants fail in five years, and very few will become independent, self-sustaining from the local congregation within those five years. So of the 13% that make it, very few become independent. A lot of them are, have bivocational pastors. A lot of them have um, support from outside organizations or denominations. We became self-sustaining within the year. Um, and we planted at Rock Harbor in 2009. And um, I want to show you my receipts. Before you put that next slide up, uh, uh, let me just tell you, I, I, I just believe in keeping your receipts. You guys know that phrase? Yeah. yeah you're like taxes, right? Yeah, taxes. Um, no, I, I just believe that when we hear testimonies like John talking about biblical places like Nineveh experiencing the presence of Jesus today, that's, that's what that is. Um, it's, it's, a te- it's a testimony of God's faithfulness. Because, you know, I know Alan and John really well. I, I'm, I've been friends with them for a long time. I've known Alan since 2006. I've known John since 2008. And they are not extraordinary. (laughs) They're not. 
They're radically ordinary, just like me. And John and Alan have testimonies of not knowing anything about the Spirit and getting wrecked by the Holy Spirit. And now they're in places where they just show up to meetings they don't belong in and the presence of God uses them with power to bring people into the faith. Like, come on. Like, what is that? That sounds like the New Testament. That sounds like Philip waiting tables. And then the next minute, this city is on fire and the presence of God is there and the apostles have to come because there's a whole, the city in Samaria is filled with joy because this little potluck associate decided to show up because there was persecution, Acts chapter eight, by the way. That's, that's what God's intention is for your life. Keep your receipts. I have a lot of receipts. What do I mean? I have so many receipts of God doing ridiculous things, not because of anything I was good at, but because I wasn't good at it. And my life just, I have testimony after testimony of God showing up when he, when I couldn't do it on my own strength. Like some of you, you're tripping out. Listen to this. When we started the Long Beach Project in 2008, I had a partner who was the teaching pastor because I did not think I was called to preach. I was so terrible at public communication in preaching. I, I was scared to death. I had anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I was stressed all week long. And that person that was supposed to plant the church with us a month in got let go from Rock Harbor, transitioned off staff at Rock Harbor. And he was no longer able to plant with me. And I was terrified. I was like, I'm not a preacher. I need to find someone. And Todd Proctor from Rock Harbor said, no, I think God's doing something in you. You just got to figure it out. So I had panic attack after panic attack every week. And I'll never forget my wife. I was having a panic attack one, one, one Sunday when there were 12 of you. Um, <laughs> and I was laying on my back breathing. And she's like, my wife says to me, I kid you not. She's like, man, I wish I had what you had. I was like, What? I'm like, freaking out, don't tell me that right now. Like, she's, I was counting my breath. She's like, I just wish I knew what the will is for my life like you do. And you just got to run after it and run straight for the fear is what she said. Ah, oh, run straight for the fear. When I talk about where we're headed and the number we need and the vision we have, some of you are like, are you kidding me? This space? No way. We gotta run straight for it. But here are our receipts. Check this out. Let's just look at it. So here's the history of our income. All of this is online. You can see where all the money went since we became self-sustaining after our first year in 2010. This is our first ministry year. We brought 190,000 as a church. And then just look at what God did. It just grew. We're talking downtown church in a Cohiba nightclub where cigar lounge for the first three years. Kids were in smoke-filled cigar lounge doing kids' ministry. We were dedicating kids where go-go dancers danced later that night. Like we're talking, you had to pay for parking. How many of you were there? Not a lot of you. you had, yeah, there, were, there was a bunch of us. It was crazy. And God just kept growing. And then in 2020, you know, things got crazy. Couldn't gather for 14 months. But every church had a historical high in 2020 for lots of reasons. We were given money. That's one. Lots of us got money. Government came in. But people were generous in crisis. But in 2021, all churches in the nation took a major dive. Just like us, we took a, a hit because a lot of people left our church. 
Like they're divided over politics. They're divided over COVID policy. They're divided over, some of them just left, right? They just went to other places in other places because they could work remotely. They just left. A lot of people didn't come back in general. So everyone had that. So 2021 to 2022, this is our income. Now our ministry, let me just share this. The reason it's set up that way is our ministry year goes from July to June for lots of reasons. In all nonprofits experience this, December is the highest month for giving. So we, Rock Harbor did this and we followed suit. We said, look, it's better to not end praying that it comes in, but to, to go halfway through, all of you financial people are like, I see this, this is really smart. Um, so we, every year, check this out. Every single ministry lead writes a ministry plan they write based on initiatives. They write a budget based on initiatives. They, they, they take it to their managers. They assess it. They give it back to them. They, we reevaluate it. We bring it back in. It goes to our lead team, and then it goes to our board of directors, and we submit everything to our board of directors, and we discern as an elder team, what, what is God asking of us? What's our, what's our decision for this process? What's the amount? What's reasonable? Sometimes it's been, okay, just a little bit. Sometimes we need to increase. We need to hire new people. We need to increase our faith. Um, but we submit our budget in June and then the, the, we pray over it and then we start a new ministry budget and ministry year in July. So that's how it works. Go to, so this is where we're at for this year. So um, go to the next, uh, yeah, okay. So this is what we need. We need to currently, we've currently had 1.48 come in for this ministry year with two months left. And we are tracking on giving. We are under in our spending, but we're tracking towards giving. I want, you to, I want you to see this. And if you're not into finances or you're angry that the church is talking about money, can I just say something real quick? All of you that are in here going, gosh, they're talking about money again. You know that Jesus talked about money more than anything else except for the kingdom of God? And I want to say this, that your money is a window into your discipleship. It is. Look at where you spend your time. Look at where you put your money. And ask yourself, if God gave me an audit, would he see my faith in Christ? Yeah, I got you with that one. I say the same thing. If you were to look at your browsing history, your screen time, would he see a disciple of Jesus? So this is where we're at. This is what we need for the next minis- uh, for the next two months. We need you guys to give radically and above and beyond generously. 300, go to the next slide for me. Oh no, sorry, you're right. Bro, I got you. My slides are on point today. Thank you, bro. Um, our ministry budget, what we need is 1, 1,805,000. Go to the next slide. We're tracking for that. For the next two months, we need $315,000. Um, so $315,000 to come in May and June, okay? So that's where we're at. So we have two more months. We're tracking. So just keep giving, keep being generous. This is, we're, we're on our way to 1.8, okay? Now, that's for this ministry year. Now, let me tell you about Vision Builders. We go to the next slide. So Vision Builders is a separate fund. So we, we talked about giving above and beyond for this place, so we, had the, we brought it to our, so what we did is we brought it to our board, we brought it to our elders, brought it to our staff, we brought it to our leaders. We asked all of you to give above and beyond for two years so that we can maintain this space because we were going from a middle school to our own place. How many of you have ever went from a single bedroom or a studio into your own house? You wanna, how many of you ever had to remodel a kitchen before? Raise your hand. How many of you had to uh, stack chairs for 300 and something? Okay, we had to turn... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, all the volunteers are like, yeah, that's me. I, I see you. I see your hands. So we went from renting a place we set up and tore down every week to re- leasing this full time for the next five years. That's what's going on with some options, okay? And the cost is a lot more. So we said, hey, um, based on everything out there, the, the rule of thumb is you need 100 to $150 
per square foot to renovate to occupy a space. $150 a square foot. So we, we only paid $45 a square foot for this place, which is where this number comes in. The four, we needed $450,000 to buy sound equipment, to get lights, to paint, to do construction, to move the kids' classrooms, to, to renovate, to put sound stuff in. All these, there's so much in here. To buy toilet paper for all the people because LB, Long Beach Unified School District provided all those things that we didn't have to worry about. We had to, we had to do. And so we were growing up. And so we needed of one-time gifts. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Buying toilet paper, you're like, just go to mom's house, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you bring it, you, when you're in college, just bring it home. Let them, do, let your mom do your laundry. Did you not have that? <laughs> Favor is not fair. I'm just saying, no, I'm just kidding. I did, I did my laundry um, most of the time. I think my mom's saying no. But anyways, um, so we needed 450000 You gave $478,000. And here's the thing. Why did I say the date is important? Today's March 7th. Check this out. So we spent, at the end of April, $477,000. We finalized all payments to all contractors. I don't know, last week was the first time all of Sound System was finally installed after seven months of labor and working with some contractors. God bless contractors. Um, but we also, p- offsetting rent, we had a few months where we got to offset the rent for this space. So we, as of April 30th, last Sunday, Vision Builders was, is basically dry. It's done. God provided for us up until this Sunday. And this Sunday was the day scheduled back a few before the beginning of the year to talk about this. How crazy is that? Let me tell you why I think spiritually that's crazy. Okay, this is just me. I was like, wow, that timing. What are you doing? It's just coincidence. It's not coincidence. I think it's connected to something similar that I see in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'll just read it to you. You don't have to go there, but if you want, you can. This isn't part of the scheduled preaching. This is just me highlighting my internal process as a pastor. But there's, it says this. This is Elijah, the beginning, when Elijah hears the word of the Lord. And he, 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 he says it's not going to rain. And then in verse 2, it says this of chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And this is what God said. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in uh, the ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have instructed the ravens to supply you with food there. Okay, so he prophesies it's not gonna rain and then he follows God to a location where God gives him a brook to drink out of, sustains his uh, thirst and he has the birds feed him. How great is that? It's amazing. But look what happens right after that. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So God says, I'm going I'm, to I'm, go here. I'm going to provide for you. And then it gets dry. Imagine how Elijah felt watching the, the stream get smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, if you're traveling at all in California, we don't have that problem right now. Praise the Lord. Rain and snow like never before in California. It's going to be a super bloom, no doubt. It's connected to the supernatural. I think God's bringing revival to California. I'm just saying that. First the natural, then the supernatural. First the natural, then the supernatural. That's, that's in 1 Corinthians. Or maybe 2 Corinthians. One of those. One of the Corinthian letters. There were, there were technically three letters. We only have two. That's, that's a historical fact. But anyways, here we go. You're like, what? Yes, there you go. Brook dried up. The word came, and then it dried up. What should you expect when what God said would be his provision dries up? Another word. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Saharaphath 
in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have instructed a widow there to supply you with food. I just, I mean, how insane is this? The, the reason the brook dried up is because of a prophetic word Elijah gave. But he stayed there out of obedience because God instructed him and there was supernatural provision from ravens and a brook. It dries up. He's waiting. The Lord speaks again. This time, go to a widow during a famine. And God supernaturally provides for him in that story. Isn't that amazing? All to say, I think we're at a moment where it's now waiting on you to be obedient for the word. You were so generous for the last six months. Some of you gave extraordinary amounts of money to provide for the need of the moment. And the need of the moment was to secure this place. Some of us couldn't see it, but now you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm here. But let me tell you, we need resource to be here more than what we had before. But that's okay because there's probably twice as many (laughs) of you here now because that's what's happened. We've kind of doubled inside. Kids has grown, youth has grown, attendance has grown, volunteer needs have grown, everything's grown. Finances need to grow with it. That's all I'm saying. So what we asked in, when we started our Vision Builders campaign is those one-time gifts would come in, but also we asked you to commit for two years of $20,000 a month. We anticipated the rent and all the costs would be something that we needed. So would you help us get to that place where we need to be? And we asked for $20,000 for two years above and beyond commitment. Some of you give $50 a month. Some of you give $100 a month. What we've learned is about 25 of you from that commitment, from that ask, give regularly. 25 families or individual family giving units. So of the few hundred that were at the garden, 25 giving units chose to give above and beyond. And that total amount, we didn't get 20,000. We got about a little less than 4,000 a month. But now that we're here, there's more costs. What we need moving forward, and this is projected into our next ministry year, is we need an additional $19,000 a month, right? That's it. That's to occupy the space, to cover the facilities, the rent, the triple net, the AC, the heater. I just got to say, I love taking communion together every week. Do you guys enjoy the ability? All all of us do. Okay, just maybe we'll just do it. (laughs) Does anyone else prefer to do, okay, to do, to make, I made that decision. I told our team and they're like, hey, do you know how much it costs a week? I'm like, no, how much? It costs about $250 a week for us to do that. That's not in the budget. And there's a supply issue with bread and crackers. And by the way, they are gluten-free. We found out those were gluten-free. So for all of you that were like, I'm trusting you, Lord. Um. <laughs> it wasn't a miracle. It was just gluten-free. <laughs> you didn't have a flare-up. It's because it was gluten-free. Um, and some of you are like, I know this is gluten-free. Here we go. Down the hatch. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to be judged for that, Jesus. Forgive me. I, I, I thank you for your body. Um, but there's all these additional costs. So all to say, we want to invite you to give. Some of you have been faithfully giving. Thank you so much. Some of you are new here. I want to invite you into this process. You see our receipts. Go on to garden.church.give or slash give and see the last 12, 13 years of historical data of where money went from staffing to overseas missions to first fruits. You see it all. I'm so proud of our team. Every decision we make in regards to finances, we see it as a possibility of demonstrating our value and character to Christ. So I want to invite you in the same way to give generously to sacrifice. And let me just say this. So we need you, 19,000. We need about $208,000 a month um, for the next ministry year. That's what we're anticipating. So the last slide simply says, let's do this. There you go. And then there's one on, here's the ways you can give. There you go. Okay. Now, I got eight minutes. Great. 
I told you time's not uh, uh, anything in, outside of uh, the earth. In God, God's outside of time. So we're going to preach a sermon in God's design. So here we go. Um, I have a short little talk I want to give that just encourage you from, first Joshua, uh, from Joshua chapter 1. You're like, First Joshua, I've never read. Second Joshua. <laughs> Joshua 1. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay, so those of you that are giving faithfully, thank you for your generosity. I, I, our church is so generous. We have so many stories of your generosity. Like, I mean, across the board, it's amazing to see what God's doing. Um, generosity is God's strategy for expanding his kingdom. And your generosity will just continue to empower us into our mission. I talked about vision. Can I tell you some things real quick? I want a ministry school. This building's already too small. We're anticipating in five years needing to get a bigger space. Not because we just want a bigger place to gather, but we want to do ministry. We want to have 24, I want 20, I want to have a morning, noon, and night worship six days a week, personally. It's going to require a cost. I want to have a a school um, of ministry where we raise up a new generation of kingdom practitioners um, that that teaches them the things we've embodied and releases them as entrepreneurs and business people, as missionaries to unreached nations and church planners. I think that's on our church. I want a church network for future church plants, but also churches that are learning from us. We had 20 pastors from Canada come just to see what we're doing. There's people coming that want to see what we're doing. I'm part of other networks as well. I believe that's our future. I also believe we'll have a ministry center. If I had a ministry center, I would make sure we were doing food distribution. We'd be having, uh, I would want to create low-income housing for, for refugees and low-income housing for single moms that are in transitional housing. There's so many things that if you were to ask me what our vision, you'd have, what our vision is, you'd, I would have to ask you, do you want six months, a year, five years, 15 years? Do you want my transition plan for 25 years? I want, I want what do you want? Because I only know a God who's looking to bless those who are willing to risk and dream in the way of Christ. I'm not, I don't want an empire with a platform. I, don't, I want God's kingdom to manifest. I don't want Garden to be a brand. I want God, Jesus' name to be made famous. I want the church to look like the church. I want our aim to be Jesus' aim so that we're not celebrating large sanctuaries filled. We're seeing kingdom of God's, God's way of life here on earth now, wherever we go. That's what I want. So what do we need to get there? We need faithfulness and faith. It's that simple. I really believe that. We need faithfulness and faith to see his way of life manifest. What do I mean? I don't have a lot of time to break this down. I'm just going to read through it. Joshua chapter one. I think it comes through here. The setup of Joshua, it begins with this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' assistant. Oh, I love that. Comma, the executive assistant to Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. That's how it begins. Moses, my servant is dead. You're the assistant. The guy who's most famous in Israel, the greatest leader in history up until this point has died. The one that led through the plagues, the one that confronted Pharaoh, the one that parted the Red Sea, that one that got water from a rock and brought manna down from heaven, all the signs and wonders, the one that followed the pillar of fire at night and the smoke in the day, that guy is gone. Now, the promise I gave Abraham can be fulfilled through you. This 400 and something year old promise of occupying your own land that will be like milk and honey is available if you lead them. 
you, Joshua, get to lead them into their inheritance. But you need to know Moses, who represents the old way, is gone. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the River Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot as, a, as I promised Moses. And then it talks about his territory. Verse six, I'm just gonna read this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Number two, be very careful to obey the law and my, uh, my servant Moses gave you and do not turn from it from the right to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, after this prescri- prescribed way of doing things, you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you third time? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Three times God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Why do you think that is? What's that? Go ahead, shout it out. He was afraid. He was fearful. He was scared. Joshua was one of the spies that saw the giants in the land. He knew what obstacles were in front of him. And God knows what he needs. And what he needs is courage, the ability to risk, the ability to dream, the ability to have faith in a present moment, not certain of the future outcome, to live with this idea that God is audacious and he will do anything. But that's based on strength, the ability to remain faithful and steadfast and secure based on what God has already done, even when he's not doing what he did like he did back then in the moment. You see, the book of Joshua is a book of faith. It's how you live in a new era of God moving when the era doesn't look like it did before. Back then, he moved with a pillar of smoke and fire. He brought plagues. His presence was tangible. In the promised land, there's no more manna. There's no more manifestations like that. They're having to trust the word of the Lord, which was already spoken. Listen to this. Our future as a church is dependent upon our faithfulness to the word God already spoke. People always come to me, how do you hear God's voice? How do you pray in ways that where you're listening and you hear God's voice? I say, well, you start by reading scripture a lot. That's God's word spoken, past tense. He's already spoken. Immerse yourself in the vocabulary of the divine so that when he does speak in a present, you can identify the voice of God. He's saying this to Joshua. Your success is dependent upon your faithfulness in the present. Your future success is dependent upon your faithfulness to the present of what has past been spoken. You see this? It's a three-dimensional way of existence into the kingdom. That the present, the present requires us to remain faithful to the past in a way that causes us to be obedient. And that will empower us to be faith-filled in the future because what we need for our future is faith. What we need for our future is the ability to be certain, to walk, to run, to sit, to relax, to stand in the reality that he is faithful to his promise that everywhere I go is now my home. You said it. But his provision of the home is dependent upon your obedience in the moment to his word. If you follow the book of Joshua along, what you see is that if in, when they are acting in obedience to the law, 
it's easy. It requires faith and courage, but God does the work. God does the work. He goes to a fort, the first spot they go, fortified city. We're talking a fortified city. We're going to use military strength to conquer it? No, you're going to march around with a trumpet made of a horn. You're going to march around every one, one day. They're, they're, team, they're going to watch you. They're going to be, this is what, this is what they saw, right? The four, Jericho people are like, what is going on with those people? They just saw these people doing this. And then on the last day, seven times. You're going to walk around it seven times. And then you're going to shout. And you're going to blow a trumpet. And I'm going to bring the walls down. Think about that. He will provide. And what you see is that the, the people of God are not obedient, and then it becomes a struggle. Some scholars argue that it would have been easy. They wouldn't have to fight if they would have been obedient to the way of God. But it becomes a struggle to where the land is not secured until David. Multiple generations later. Church. We need to be strong and courageous. We need to be faithful and filled with faith. Why? I think this is a call on the church in the West for our cultural moment. God's looking for men and women to be Joshua's who say, no, 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 no. This territory is for the kingdom. I don't mean like take it by voting and arguing with power. That's not what I mean. I mean subvert the way of empire through sacrifice and love and joy and generosity and vision and hope. In a world right now, if you were just to listen to or read the news this last week, Lakers 2-1, by the way. Just saying, let's go, anointed team. Um, You're going to be like, the de-dollarization the U.S. dollar as the global reserve is losing. There's a de-dollarization. There's crises. There's absolute chaos. The, the U.S. government is strategizing against loneliness and its effect it has on the physical human body. And so they're creating a campaign to help people not be lonely. We're talking about the, there's a inflation and banks falling. What should we do if we live like culture? Live in fear and scarcity and hold on and shelter from the storm. No, 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 no. We are, as the church, are strong and courageous. There is no inflation in heaven. There is no scarcity in heaven. We have a God who owns all the hills on all the hill, uh, all the cattle on all the hills. We have a God who has a way for us. And he's looking for men and women to step in with faith who he will bless and partner and give you courage. He will provide, wait on him, trust him, be faithful. I'm not teaching prosperity. I'm teaching kingdom. Just follow along in your Bibles and you will see this is our destiny. And it requires strength and courage not to live with the anxiety of the world on your chest or in your mind, but to live with the freedom of a mind set ablaze by faith and faithful stories of a community that says, I'm going all in. This is the way. (laughs) Be strong and courageous. This is what we need. We're going to take a lot of hills. You're going to say, what kind of building are you looking for for our future? I want the Himalayan grill for sale. I want a PCH church that builds ministry centers for refugees, that has a food pantry that looks like Whole Foods. I want that for our church. 
I want a school of ministry that people come from all over the world to be trained in the power of the Holy Spirit and released into ordinary mission wherever they go. I want, I, 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 can, I can see that. It's up to God and a church to believe it. Do you want to settle? Or do you want to fulfill his promise? You can settle and think that God just wants to bless your life and you live a happy life isolated and alone with your little nuclear family and you know, go on great vacations and fill up the 401k, or you can live in a wild adventure for God's purposes that will lead you to places like modern-day Nineveh, bringing the gospel in ordinary ways. So what do you need? Strong strength and courage. Amen? All right, let's pray. So why don't we stand? I'll pray for us. Let's go. I don't know if I did everything I needed, but that's good. We'll stop there. Thank you for listening. We are Garden Church. To find out more about our community and to find resources to help you in your spiritual journey, visit garden.church.